Hey, what's up, spiritual abuse survivors and wounded friends? Brandon Dempsey here. Just want to say thanks again for uploading, downloading this podcast into your device and playlist. And we do ask that you would subscribe to Confessions of a Worship Leader. So here is the segment that I call Real Talk. It's without the uh, background music and introductions and all that jazz. And it's just to get straight to the issue. So I do a lot of listening on social media. I feel like it's important more than what we post, we listen. Almost like how you know you have two ears and one mouth. Well, I've been listening to a lot of you with your stories and understanding where a lot of fear is coming from that you're trapped in these spiritual spiritually abusive environments or you're still trapped internally and the heart, mind, and spirit of where you've been in those sick environments and toxic places. And so I've been getting a lot of great responses from some of the posts that I've been doing and um, in listening to your comments and listening to what's being said. And one particular post I made about spiritual abuse uh, really hit home with a lot of folks because it's... And and this is over Instagram. This has to do with leaders that we look to guidance from, right? And we didn't know that they were spiritual abusers at one point. Yet they use their positions to do what? Of, Of course, to overuse their power, to manipulate, control, and dominate. I mean... In essence, that's what spiritual abuse really is. And so how do you know, or how how were you to know, right, that the pastor or church was spiritually abusive in the first place? It's almost as if we go into this, and I know, like, for me, I felt like we were just blinded, like we were duped to find out, you know, anywhere between six months to years later that this is not the right guy or woman that we're following. And how was it that we were trapped or lured into the trap of this spiritual abuser? I mean, if you've ever had those thoughts, okay, hopefully just by hearing this from me, you know you're not alone because it is so easy for us to think, did I do something wrong? And how did I get here? How did my family undergo this bad spiritual place that we were in? See, the truth is, spiritual, spiritually abusive churches and leaders, they hide the abuse, okay? They hide their tactics and their methods and who they are. It's almost as if they wear a mask when you enter their church. You have no idea. So I just want to say, before I go into this any further, it's not your fault. And I I try to say this almost in every other piece of content that I write or record, because it's true. It's not your fault. The deal is, it's just like any form of abuse. We don't ask for it. We don't just wake up one day and just think, oh, huh, well, I think I want to be damaged by these people today. No, it never occurs that way. It's what my therapist told me long ago when I started down my own path of healing. He said to me, 
Brandon, this is what makes survivors. It's not your fault. You, no one asks to be abused. And, you know, that's really stuck with me because it's, the reason why it's important to remember that is because we go through many years or through many relationships thinking that once we enter these bad, chaotic uh, thorns that choke us from emotional, mental abuse, we think, well, did I have something to do with it? What was it about me? And, and what that really is, is we're trying to rationalize the situation because it's so delusional, right? We can't really wrap our minds around it. So the, the easiest form that we can come down to is to blame ourselves and to think, well, because you put skin on it that way. And it's much easier to um, swallow at that point to think, well, I did something to deserve this. Uh, maybe, and you think back in your mind, when you first attended that church, you're thinking, well, man, maybe I came across uh, spiritually weak. Maybe there was something about me as to why that pastor said what they said about me, because it made sense to me. No, 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 no. The pastor prayed upon your condition. What, what I mean is, Sure, we all have improvements that we need to make. But, you know, pastors that are very devious, they pick people out whom they assume that they may be spiritually or mentally weak. And though you may not be, you're not. But to their perspective. And they prey upon our weaknesses. I mean, look. I've been a worship leader for more than 25 years. And I've led, because you may be saying, well, yeah, Brandon, how, I mean, you're, how would you know, right? I mean, that's my story, but what about you? Well, in the leading of worship for all those years, I've been preyed upon. I've been picked out by pastors who thought they saw something in me that is not true, yet they made it to be that way. So it gave them an entry point and door to open this Pandora's box of abuse. And going back to the how do you know you're going to be spiritually abused, you don't know. You really don't. Well, then, Brandon, how do we protect ourselves from it in the future? There's no magic bullet answer except... You use what you know. You use what you've learned in the past. Know the spiritual red flag signs. Learn to be discerning. I mean, that's what I'm just telling you what I what my wife and I go through in our checklist. I try to understand really what what does the Bible really say? Not man, not a pastor, but what does the Bible really say? And how does this pastor's words line up to it? Because if it doesn't, then it's not of God. Now, easy said, hard to do, I understand. But this is what makes spiritual abuse so subtle and so undetected at times, where it can leave a person think, scratching their head, thinking, man, I didn't see that coming. I mean, that's how my wife and I felt with all these years of ministry. But spiritually abusive churches and leaders, they are real good at hiding their abuse. Why do they do that? 
very easy to maintain power, to damage hurting souls that are genuinely trying to seek God. And while leaders deny the problems within their own church, they just continue that behavior in a cyclic pattern. So this is not new what I'm going through, what I'm sharing with you right now. But my whole point of even starting Confessions of a Worship Leader is to bring awareness into this problem because it happens from the church guest attender all the way to staff. So if you think that you've been abused in the church and you think this only maybe happens to a certain sect of people, no, you're wrong. I mean, I never thought, I mean, honestly, look, I've walked into situations thinking to myself, yeah, I know the pastor's a little off, but I wonder if I can make a difference being on staff. Yeah, I know things are not maybe what all they're cracked up to be, but maybe I can make some sort of impact. Maybe I can change something here. It doesn't work. I mean, and I think this is the reason why staff people and volunteers put so much of their heart in what they do only to find out that they get shredded in the end. And the reason why is because it was never used a problem. It's the position that they've created, that those spiritual dynamics and pride, abuse of power, all that was already there before you stepped in it. It's just kind of like a bear trap. We didn't see it coming. It's not our fault being the bear, but wow, the trap that they set, oh man, it's damaging. And that's why it's so easy for us then to blame ourselves in the very end. I mean, this is why survivors, including myself, have a hard time leaving and putting that spiritual abuse behind. Because what happens is that uh, we disassociate our feelings, our spirit, and our mental capacities of what we know from the abuse itself. And then that's when we begin to blame ourselves, thinking, well, there's something wrong with me. But don't you see it? That's the whole point of why they spiritually abuse, because they want you to feel that very way. They want you to blame themselves, to blame yourself. They want you to feel like it's your fault. They want you to A, B, and C. And when you don't feel that way, when you actually see what's happening and you turn, Jesus turns the tables for you, turns them over, and you begin to see the real wolf, that's when it begins to make sense that it wasn't you. And what happens in those in those moments is that you begin to slowly take their power away. And that's when it begins to hit home with these spiritual abusers. It's like any form of abuse. When you break away from that pattern, the abuser can't operate on that cycle anymore because you broke it. You broke their MO. You hindered their destructive path of creating more nonsense and chaos. And so this is not about you not having enough faith or not being faithful to the call or that you didn't pray enough has nothing to do with any of those things. What it does have to do with is the disobedient pastors that are really running from God and don't want the Lord Jesus to really work through their hearts in their church. Why? Well, on one hand, it's too easy, right? Too vulnerable to give yourself to God 
And number two, well, that's the whole point. You're relinquishing a lot of control. And even within yourself, and then therefore that causes a lot of pain because it forces you to grow as a believer. Well, I mean, duh, isn't that what we're supposed to do? But not everybody sees it that way. If we can build a church bigger and better and taller than everybody else, that's what gives us stature into the kingdom. That's also called a lie. And this is why Jesus was so against it. This is the very reason why Jesus argued with the Sadducees and Pharisees, even Paul. So like this was the reason why Paul wrote so many letters to the churches, because they were doing the same thing. They were putting idols in front of the church and changing the focus from God to a man-made sculpture and doing detestable acts within the church. And in today's time, we just do other things. But undergirding it all, the spiritual abuse is the power that exhibits from the leader and the control manipulation. This is what makes abuse abusive. And as I said in the last few videos, this is the reason also why a lot of worship leaders and staff members won't even, they're, they're too afraid to like my content because they're afraid that their name will pop up somewhere that shows you know who liked what and their pastor will see it because that's how much control these abusive pastors have over their people and that's so sad it's just not a way to live it's not who we are to be so yeah i remember walking through the church doors and being told hey brennan we want you here on staff you're great one of the best skills that we've seen that you have to offer to lead us in worship and we want you and man they make things sound like a million bucks like this is where i'm going to hang my hat for years and this is where i'm going to plant my family and be here long term come to find out there's a reason why worship leaders rotate every two years it's not because they get bored it's not because they run out of skills it's not because they desire to step up and uh, go bigger and better for the next church Maybe those things, but the main reason why is because they can't last that long in that position. It's like every, you can, I mean, go to any, go to any church staffing website and you find one church that's hiring for a leader, check back six months and two years. I mean, no one's going to really do this, but if you had a track record to see that same posting of that same position for a particular church every two years, it should tell you something. It should, it should scare you. It scares me. And so where do we go from here? Um, it's about learning really who God is through Scripture, learning how to heal from our abuse, and to be discerning to get good counsel, good therapy, and to understand that it was never your fault and these people can never hurt you again. And then it's learning how to find the people who do love you, who do value you, where you feel good and safe and you feel free. That's hard to find. We're in that valley right now.
But this is why it's so good that we connect. This is why it's so good that we do content and messages like this to encourage you because the fact is we're all here together. And if we really are God's children, we're going to get scraped and bruised and beat up, but we're all in the hospital of Jesus being healed. And I'm just glad that we have one another to know that we're not alone and that there's true help. There is true healing. We are going to get through this. This is not the end. And God still has a place for us. But while we're here, while we're here on this earth, we have to deal with some really ugly stuff and learn to get through it. But this is why we're here together. So again, my thanks to you as I ramble through this podcast, but I wanted to share with you the importance of why we're here together to win the fight, let's say, right, of spiritual abuse. Guys, thanks for joining me here. I'm Brandon, and see you back here next time on Confessions of a Worship Leader.